2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices.
0: Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. So you don't want me off this case so that Harvey can get the credit. You want me off this case so I don't get anywhere near the spotlight. In your position, the spotlight can become an interrogation lamp pretty damn fast. I understand. No spotlight. This is always how it's going to be, isn't it?
2: I thought you knew that.
0: I guess I did.
1: Suit Season 3, Episode 13 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about Moot Point, then... Suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestradino back here with the guy who never needs Benjamin to boost his audio. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you?
2: Rob, I'm good, but I would like a bag of bacon. Crispy, please.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. No problem. We can work on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Because
2: if it's not crispy, it's not bacon. At least that's what I learned on this episode. Yes. Okay. That's a good motto. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, you don't live by that one. Yeah, no, I like uh, crispy bacon. Hmm. Yeah, but there's a limit, you know. I, I don't, I don't think you can, uh, like overstate how important it is to get the crisp just right, because you know that very like, uh, like overcooked bacon, and you kind of bite into it and just like dissolves or like breaks apart. I, mm-hmm. I don't like that bacon. My bacon got to have a little body to it. You know what I'm mm-hmm.
1: saying? Yeah, I think yeah. it's a happy medium there for sure.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yes. Uh, can there be a happy medium in the relationship between? Harvey Specter and Dana Scott between boyfriend and managing partner name partner.
2: Uh, I mean, I think so. They just got to, they're going to have to work at it. Dana Scott and Harvey are going to have a lot of obstacles as a couple, just because we know Harvey is emotionally stunted. Um, And Dana Scott is very competitive. And so uh, her being at, you know, I guess it looks like she's living in Harvey's home as well. You know, so that's probably not uh, great. I don't for think the power she was quite living
1: there. I think that she has a key, though. I think like Jessica. Oh, okay. I think that she said something,
2: uh, something along the lines of like, "Oh, you let yourself in." Oh, yeah, yeah, because she be there a lot. And so, yeah, man, that will help for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, let's keep some boundaries because they are going to be a lot of crossover into their personal lives here because we see that these uh, Suits characters cannot keep their lives separate from the law firm stuff. They call in favors from each other as friends. And then when their friends come to them uh, for favors, they have to pay them back. And sometimes that's at the expense of, you know, some political moves that they would use in the office. Uh, And so in this episode, we see that Lewis and Dana Scott are up against each other and Harvey is now caught in the middle and in a world where normally Scotty would probably have the upper hand uh, Lewis does consider Harvey a friend. Harvey has inv- evoked a friend card as of last week. And so now that he's opened that can of words, he cannot put it back in mm-hmm. uh, the can. And um, yeah, Lewis is like, oh, so we friends now, huh? Well, let me ask you a favor as a friend since I did you a-, a favor as a friend. And Harvey has no choice but to kind of go with what Lewis is asking him here. And that is, you know, to pull rank on Scotty and take this case from her and give it back to Lewis. And so... um, Harvey is uh, between a rock and a hard place here.
1: We're really seeing in the back half of season three, Lewis Litt returning to his origins in his villains era. Would you say, is that fair that Lewis is like the almost like the big bad here of the back half of
2: season three? Yes and no. I think that he is the big bad because he is the biggest threat to the Mike secret. So I think, yeah, like in a way, that's always going to be his issue. Um, But I also think that. Harvey has given Lewis this um this notion that we are friends now. And so Lewis is really leaning into that. And I can't tell if it's earnest or not. Like if Lewis really feels like, yeah, since we are friends, I'm asking you to do friend stuff. And now we are we are buddies. You know, it's kind of like almost uh like toxic positivity. Like, look at us, besties. I'm watching the same movies as you because we're friends. And because we're friends, we do friend stuff together, and that means helping me when I need your help, because I helped you when you need my help. Uh and, um, yeah, a, a lot of that does feel like it could be genuine, but it also feels like it could be very manipulative. And so it depends on what Lewis's long game is now Lewis versus Scotty. I don't think that makes him a villain. I just think that Scotty is here and Lewis is always going to be threatened by a new senior mm-hmm. partner. Yeah. I think that
1: Harvey may have like some newfound respect for Lewis in terms of some of the work that he's done, but look at all the different times that Harvey has uh, come out to tell Lewis like, wow, Lewis, you really are my friend. It has been always at times when Harvey needed something. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that Harvey would prefer to be spending time with Lewis in the way that Lewis uh, really would be longing to spend time with Harvey. But, you know, he has this really interesting conversation where at the end of the episode where going back to, he uh, says that, all right, I need you to like, Pull rank on Dana Scott. And Harvey said, Are you asking me as a friend or are you calling in a chit? Now, what is a chit?
2: I, I think that's British slang, right? It's like for like a favor. Like I like you, it's like if someone owes you something, you're saying, like, wait, like this is the one. This is me. This is not uh me and you um like as friends, like, oh, can you do this if you can? Um I told you I would help you if I could, I could not, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know. This this is not one, this is one of those like no 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 we have an agreement you owe me one and I'm calling in the favor and so oh, that's why Harvey even had to pause down and be like Lewis, as your friend don't ask me to do this but as someone who owes you a favor I will do the favor you know but you can't have it both ways you cannot then be happy you know or expect me to be happy about doing this thing when I'm telling you that as your friend I don't want to do it and I wish you weren't asking me to mm-hmm. um, yeah so it. Honestly, it's basically what Harvey did last week. You know, he comes to to Lewis. He knows Lewis doesn't want to let Mike get away with cheating. Uh, or last episode, I guess <laughs> wow. Netflix. And so, um, yeah. So, um, he knows Lewis doesn't want to uh let Mike get away with cheating. And he's like, Lewis, we are friends, and I can't hold it against you as your friend if you don't do it, because as your friend, you have every as you have every right to not do this. You know, but. If you do hook us up here, I would really appreciate it. And so Lewis is coming to him and saying, okay, like, yeah, I'm giving you that same grace. You are my friend, and so you don't have to be happy about it, but I need this favor. Mm -hmm. You asked me to give you a favor. You said, you know, that this is what friends do. I'm putting my foot down. I need this one. And he does. He goes to Scotty and tells her, look, I owe Lewis from last time. He did me a favor. He did me a solid. And so because of that... um, I have to pull rank as senior partner and tell you that you are giving this back to Lewis. And Scotty wants to know what the big secret is. And I'm thinking, here we go again. Yep. Another person who has no business her. knowing this. Now you got to tell him. Do you? Yeah. Do you have to tell? Rob? Right, let's no. talk about it. Okay. So let's talk you about it. Well, no, do you have no, to? no, you, you don't have
1: to. I, I was just saying that in the last episode, I said, okay, oh, well, now here comes Dana Scott.
2: We got to tell her Mike's secret, right? Yeah. But but that's the saying, like, Harvey's b- big thing is this secret has one, this secret is not directly like does not directly have anything to do with him. This was if if the if the story is that Mike Ross cheated and upped his grade or whatever the case may be, and uh Lewis knows about it and Harvey went and did a favor for Mike Ross, you know, by asking uh Lewis to overlook this grade, that is none of Dana Scott's business. It does not matter what the what the favor is. This is not the same as we're all keeping Mike's secret that he didn't go to Harvard. If it's Lewis, I went to Lewis for Mike in that grade. That got nothing to do with Scotty. And so I really feel like her being like, "Okay, I get that you want to pull rank, but I need to know why." It's like, mm, "You really don't. Just know that I owed Lewis and now I don't owe him anymore." Mm-hmm. Cuz in my mind, you know, Dana Scott, she has no reason to like to really even care. It feels like she just kind of wants to be more open with Harvey because they're in a relationship and they told they talked about, you know, transparency and being honest with each other.
1: Yeah, I think that he's probably going to have to tell her. But at the point where so many people know, like, do they need to just hit the eject button on this whole idea? I mean, I mean we have, are flying so close to the sun with all of this. Like, there's so many smart people. There's so much money at stake. What is, like, the ultimate benefit at the end of the day, just that,
2: like, Harvey has a, a fun person to hang out with? They need to start thinking of an exit strategy. I really do. I think that the people who are, you know, at the, at the front of this controversy, Mike, Jessica, Harvey, uh, Rachel, Donna, they should all be sitting down and saying, okay, Mike, you got two years. You know, you got a year and a half. Whatever the case may be, they need to put a... a like a, a final date on this thing a termination date in two years you will no longer be a lawyer what can we do in this in the span of these next you know whatever months to make sure that you have a career to do something whether it's you know, we need to like start like tying up some loose ends in other places to make sure your secret never gets out. Yeah. Are you going to go teach law somewhere? You know, like what what are you going to do after this? Because you can't continue this. Even in this episode, Mike realizes he's never going to be a name partner because your name at that point would be so big that people would be looking into you and figuring out your secret.
1: Right. And it's almost like in this episode, we have that point at the end of the episode where Jessica wants to like uh, talk to Mike and she's like, hey, just so you know, uh, there's a newspaper Paper that's writing about this article about this uh, fortune 500 company in this case and so i want harvey to take it he's like oh i get it you want harvey to be in the spotlight and mm-hmm. he's like no no that's 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 not it <laughs> he's like oh okay so then oh then you you know you, you're never gonna want me to be in the spotlight and she's like yeah i kind of thought
2: you knew that right like, oh like you're not you're not a lawyer mm-hmm. you know that right like mm-hmm. you you know You know you don't work here for real, right? So this is
1: how it's always going to be. And she's like, "Yeah, I thought you knew that." But why? Okay, like let's, Mike. You're a great guy. We're gonna set you up here. You're basically gonna be, and maybe one of our associates could tell us, like the like. The paralegal to end all paralegals. You're gonna work in the office. We're gonna give you the files. You go through the cases, tell us what's up. You're basically gonna be something in between, you know, Donna and Rachel, and Mm -hmm. you're just not gonna go to court. And really, what, what do we even get out of Mike going to court? Like, does he win that many cases? Like, like a lot of times he goes to court and then, like, freezes up or has, like, mm-hmm. these moments where his emotions get the best of him. So, just, like, you're going to just, like, work in the office. We're going to give you cases. You're going to go through them. Read all the documents. Tell us if we're missing anything. What are we not thinking of? And does he have to be, like, in court
2: trying cases? Right. Legal consultant. You know, sure. hey, you're our you're our professional man in the chair. We go to court, we're finding some issues here. Hey, Mike Ross, read through these documents, photocopy them in your mind, come back and let us know what's up. Uh, you want to sit in on the deposition? Fine, you work here as well. You're still a lawyer in you know, quotation marks. So yeah, come sit in and help us suss this stuff out. Harvey's about to go to court. Stay your ass at work, stay here. Mm-hmm. That's it. Stay out of the spotlight. We don't need to see you. I really think you're right. I think they can start to lay. And we're the gonna pay you two hundred
1: thousand like dollars a year, Mike Ross.
2: You're getting a fat ass check. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you you can calm down for that amount of money. You can sit down. You don't have to be in the spotlight. I I think you're right. I think having Mike Ross going door to door, interrogating people, being all high and mighty about what the law is, and all this other stuff. I think that's r- ridiculous. But I do think it's probably hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube and say, you know, after a while and say, okay, Mike Ross isn't doing trials anymore without explanation. You know, like, at some point, people are going to be like, what? Why is that? What, what happened? And it seems like in this world, someone's going to look into it and try to figure out what where it all went wrong for mm-hmm. Mike Ross, like what what drew, like dragged him out of the courtroom. But if you start to establish now that... Mike doesn't want to be in the courtroom. He wants to be in the office yeah. as you know, like you said, indoor um, cat. Basically, yeah, like uh, like the super paralegal where you know he's not making copies and stuff like that for people. But you're running he wants all the around Rachel all the time, right? Exactly. Let them work hand in hand. I just, yeah, you're right. He needs his own LLC where he just <laughs> they call him. He 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 gets uh, charged for however uh, billable hours with Pearson Harbin and uh, or Spectre, uh, Spectre Harvey, Inspector Harvey, yeah, whatever the law firm's name is at the time, and, and make that money. You're 100% correct. This is not a long-term goal. And he is being very stupid to think that he can get the spotlight uh, in a world where he shouldn't even be existing. Okay. You want to talk at all any more about Dana
1: Scott versus Lewis? I thought that that was uh, pretty fun. Lewis shows up late to the meeting. Dana Scott is looking to take over this case or this uh, firm that Lewis had brought in. He got delayed and because he was more than 10 minutes late by the bylaws, uh, then he is uh, not able to have uh, any say in the
2: meeting. Is that right? Yeah, you, you run a big company, Rob. And I, I just couldn't even imagine people having conversations like this at, at like a meeting. The, the, it was so dramatic and intense. Lewis comes in. Scotty has been assigned this case that Lewis, of course, wants um, wants to still control because I think they were his client that he brought him in. Uh, and he's been five or 10 minutes late, depending on who you asked. And he says, well, I don't care if I skip the whole goddamn meeting to get a full body wax. I'm like, whoa, um... This is a senior partner meeting, sir. This is a Wendy's. Why are you mm-hmm. acting like this? And the entire time that him and Scotty are fighting, that first they, they fight in the office back and forth. They fight this several is different BS. places. Yes. They are at it. Okay. It's like, I guess you're saying the bylaws are bullshit. The bylaws are a work of art. Like, could you imagine being in a room and just watching someone really fight like this at work? I wonder if anybody's listening to this, if you have any stories where people are just going like, head-on, full-blown, just, like, disrespectful at work, only to go sit down and work with this person the rest of the year. Like, this is this is not a fireable offense. Mm-hmm. These people aren't dragged to HR to work these, these uh, differences out. This is just how lawyers talk to each other, Rob? I guess so. T- Associates, tell us. Is this how it goes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Lewis had some bylaws that were obviously trapping him in this uh, Scotty thing. Scotty picked this fight. For no reason, she does. She really decided that, like, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to piss off Lewis because I have to fight the biggest, baddest dog in the yard. Um, because otherwise, people are not gonna take her seriously as a uh, uh, senior partner because she's coming in basically as Scott as uh, Harvey's girlfriend. And you know, you might think, okay, maybe that's not something she should really be worried about. But it's actually kind of true because we see Lewis eventually, like, eat. Like, almost immediately goes to Jessica the first time he doesn't get his way and says, oh, so I gotta be punished because Scotty's girlfriend is a, is a partner now. I mean, uh, Harvey's girlfriend yeah. is a partner now. It's like, yeah, I mean, Lewis has a point. It does look really bad. And so, um, yeah, I think Scotty's doing the right thing. It's just at the expense of Lewis.
1: There's a couple of great points where Lewis and Dana Scott go back and forth. Uh, one of them is when uh, he is uh talking to her and she is like Lewis like you're being you're being such a dick about this and he is like yeah that's right I'm Moby goddamn dick and you just swam into my waters
2: <laughs> Who talks like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who
1: talks like there's that? another good one where uh Katrina is with Lewis and she comes yeah. in and uh, they're going back and forth about how uh, you just got lit the hell up
2: yeah. They, <laughs> they both say it, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I'm glad Katrina's back. We need that. Uh, we need Lewis to have some backup because he's really getting outnumbered here. Um, but yeah, they, uh, Dana Scott comes in and she's basically been going behind their backs and she sees uh, a bunch of people on this email basically showing that she had been getting credit. She needs to get credit for the work and not, uh, Lewis and Katrina. And they say, oh, you're going to get lit the hell up. Lit the hell up. Mm-hmm. Lit, lit, lit up. You know, like, they're very, like, uh, hyping each other up. And she goes, oh, because okay, so I'll go make fun of it right now on my Facebook page as she goes to her computer to log in. Remember when people used to have to log into Facebook? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me go to a computer and, and get on my desktop. Mm-hmm. Like, ma'am, grab your phone. Is that her status, there, status, Dana right Scott? Yeah, it was the status back when you had to say is in all the statuses. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. it says, Dana Scott is getting lit the hell up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and so... What happens is
1: that, you know, Dana uh, ends up saying to Harvey why this is important to her. She needed to go after Lewis, to go after like the biggest, baddest guy in the yard so that people don't look at her as just the person that's sleeping with Harvey. And when Lewis comes to this same realization, he realizes that, oh, okay, well, if I'm the bully and I ultimately, you know, get punched, now nobody's going to respect me.
2: Yeah. If I get punched and if I get punched by the new chick, like she just got here, you know? And so he's like, wait, Harvey's girlfriend just came in here and beat me up in the, in the courtroom or in the, in the, in the boardroom or whatever. No one's going to take me seriously at that point. Debo, Yeah, he is. He is Debo. And sometimes you got to throw a brick at him, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, so he, and he realizes that. So he's like, I don't want to get knocked the F out. And so uh, he tells, you know, he tells Harvey, I need this win. And Harvey makes it happen for him, but it is at the expense of Scotty.
1: Okay. Let's then uh, switch to the case of A. Elliott Stemple, another nemesis from Harvey's past. I get the sense that this will not be the last time we hear from A. Elliott Stemple on Suits. I feel like that there's gotta be like if I unscramble the letters of A. Elliot Stemple, I bet it's that anagram? there's yeah, I whatever. <laughs> it's such a odd name that I feel like that it must like be some code for something.
2: Okay, let me see if I can go to a use question. Okay, I'm gonna try this on the anagram solver. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. A Elliot Stemple. Let's see. Ramble and it says, uh, I mean, there's a lot of words on here that it could be, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, too many for me to try to go through. Yes, yeah. it could be some stuff. Uh, I think it's very funny. It kind of gives me a, um, and even him as a character, it's very much like the Riddler, you know, uh, yes. where he always has like another like trap door. And so I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, like an enigma, you know, type of situation. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a deep, a, a good pull, um, because this guy. He, I, I think he's like one of the per, like a perfect villain. He just he's just a foil for foil's sake. He's literally here drag dragging Harvey for uh some fake court tra- trials like that they they've they done in like class from when they were in law school. It's been years, and he's like, yeah, remember that time I beat you? Remember that time I beat you? Remember that time I beat you? And Harvey's just like, I can't get this guy. Just, for some reason, he just keeps outsmarting me. And yeah. I kind of love it. I do. Okay,
1: so Mike is looking for a gift for Harvey and that there's no perfect gift for Harvey. The only gift for him would be to get a case for him against A. Elliot Stemper. uh, And so that he is going to, Stemple, uh, that he is going to uh, end up sneaking Harvey into this case. But was this what, like, A. Elliot Stemple was, was this his master plan all along?
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of this stuff is cool. Okay, so uh, his plan was not to end up with the Harvey. But once he saw Harvey in the hallway, he identified his mark. And I mean, he just had tactic after tactic for getting under Harvey's skin. And Harvey was under the impression that this man has been ducking him for so long that that's his primary motivation, is to continue to duck Harvey. So him and Mike Ross are coming at this as the ultimate uh, gift for Harvey would be to back this man into a corner and make him face him in a court of law. Uh, and so the first tactic Stimple does is he lets Harvey kind of uh, back him into a corner and, um, you know, and for a second, Mike Ross is kind of feeling himself like, yeah, we got him, Harvey. You know, ha- you know, congratulations. Thank you. You know, we did it. And Harvey's like, nah, you got to watch this Stimple guy because he's different. You back him into a corner, he's going to come out swinging. Yeah, he tries this move where he says, I need to sub out. They, Harvey, you got me, but I need to sub out. I can't do this trial. My my niece, my niece is uh <laughs> she's not feeling well. Mike Ross has printed out this man's family tree and says, No, 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 you don't have any nieces. He said, Did I say niece? I meant uh niece figure, you know, god niece, god mm-hmm. daughter, She's like that, like a, a family friend relative. And they're like, That's funny because you said that god daughter's been sick several times. Every time you need an extension. This, this, this same niece gets sick. And so he's like, dang, you got me. And they really think they do have him. But then he comes up with Mike and he's like, uh, hey, Mike Ross, I'm not here to see Harvey. I'm here to see you. You know, this is all I have. I... I, I, you know, in law school, I had nothing, no respect, no girlfriend, no hoes, no clout. You know, like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. This, you know, like, this is all I have. I've been ducking Harvey. This is Harvey. You know how big this is for me. This is my biggest thing in my life. This guy works. He makes millions. I'm just poor A. Elliot Stimple. And Mike looks like he's about to fall for it. Yeah. And then he calls him. Usually that gets Mike, Yeah. Yeah, I really did. It's like this guy knows him, but Mike had already been doing the research on Stemple and knows that that's a a move that Stemple has pulled in the past as well. Rob, this guy, he's so good. Yeah. Mike thought he had him then and didn't. He didn't. He got Harvey back
1: at Harvard in these moot trials, and then he took out ads in the newspaper of that he was (laughs) Muhammad Ali, and that was Harvey's hero. How could he do that to Harvey? Of that Harvey had to look at. Uh, that, uh, was it, uh, Liston that that's who Harvey ended up, uh, yeah. being in, in the, in the uh, school newspaper. And so uh-huh. the one thing <laughs> I do like about a Elliot Stemple is that when they talk about how his wife hates him and his kids don't like him, that came up a couple different times. That was fun.
2: Yeah. He said, uh, no, he says, um, yeah, I don't have any family or any, any kids or whatever. And Mike Ross is like, no, I just, I really just looked up your family tree. Like, did you forget that? I know you don't have any niece. And I do know that you are married. You Mm -hmm. do have children. And you are at a top-tier law firm. And so, let's not try to pull this sympathy on us. And Stimple's like, actually, I hate my wife and my children and their anchors. And the only reason I'm at that law firm is so I can uh, be paid for my family to leave me alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, they don't hate him as much as he hates him, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, this case goes uh, back and forth. That there's uh, some there's like a deposition, and Stemple uh, says something that uh, he realizes like can't get picked up on the audio, and that sends Harvey and Mike going down this whole rabbit hole there. But it's really all just a way for then Stemple to make them think that they're trying to get a patent infringement. However, that's not even really what he's doing.
2: No, it's another tactic. So they deposed this man, and he's saying stuff to the effect of, like, you know, um, like, oh, they're basically accusing him of saying, like, uh, I think it's Janice was going to withhold the microchip that they were making if Kyoto, the other people, said that they were going to even work with them a little bit, right? And so uh, Stemple is like, look, I have an independent analysis about all this stuff and sworn testimony, he's slamming. I mean, he's got file after file hitting the table. Pow, pow, pow. It's like he listens to the podcast. He knows what we're looking for here. Uh, and he tells them, like, I'm going to use this stuff. And, you, and so sign this settlement, and we can move on. Harvey and Mike realize, oh, no, that's a trap too. Don't sign the settlement. He wants to use it against us in court. So step was like, damn, you got me. Well, that's fine, because I'm about to go be dirty, and I'm going to use my independent analysis and make it say whatever I want it to say to back me up. Hopefully you don't have me on camera saying that he, he, he. And he walks out and they're like, we got him. We got Stimple. Mm -hmm. But they don't. They don't got He doesn't even get picked up on the audio. This man is a genius. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know how he did that and how he knew that the, like, okay, that camera audio is only going to pick up this. And if I point my mouth this way, I mean, the man is a (laughs) technician. Um... It turns out, though, that Stempel is really after the glue that holds the microchips in place. And it would be worth $100 million if he got his hands on it. Chappelle, did you have any idea that microchip glue is really that big of a part of this whole business?
2: No, I had no clue that the glue was ever even gonna come up. We were so clouded, and I think that's the whole point of Stemple here is that he's throwing so much at Mike and Harvey that they don't actually see um, what he's actually after. And so, um his next move, I think after the um, after the uh, the audio thing was that they heard him say, yeah, I got this uh, I got this uh, independent analysis. And so they're like, we're going to go to the judge and ask for the independent analysis so we can get him for like malpractice or for fraud because he just told us that he's about to go do some fraudulent stuff. So now if we get the analysis, then, uh, you know, we can use it against him. But that's what he wanted. He wants the analysis and he knows that if he went to the judge and said, I need that analysis, it wouldn't be credible because we know that he's in competition. And so they go get it for him. And he's like, oh, you, you screwed up again. So eventually they come around to the, oh, okay, we see what's happening here. He wants us to he he wants us to keep fighting him because the more we fight him, the more information and stuff comes out in discovery. And he's able to use that stuff, um, you know, um, while just tying us up and dodging Harvey like he's been trying to do. Um, eventually, when they decide to settle, they realize that it's the glue that he's looking for and that uh, they really have him over a barrel. I think they said that they were going to get him for corporate espionage if he didn't settle at that point. Mm-hmm. And so he had no choice but to to back down.
1: Yeah, we also got the story of Jessica, the tennis player, and how uh, she uh, kept getting beat. She has uh, one tennis nemesis. Well, we see Jessica's tennis nemesis show up
2: at some point? that human backboard, Marsha Myers? Mm-hmm. I hope not. She sounds awful. I mean, but she also sounds hella athletic. She said that she was a five foot nothing math geek and she had Jessica in a blender during the mm-hmm. tennis matches. That's one thing Jessica and Harvey have in common. They have not let go of their like uh, glory days when it comes to sports.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, Chappelle, who gets the liddy in this episode?
2: Hmm. Uh, Scotty's out. Harvey's probably out because he had to do the whole. Well, he did. He did beat Stempel. Harvey got his white will. How do you feel about that? Did he beat him or did he settle? I, I mean, he beat him because I mean, the alternative to settling was that uh, Stempel was going mm-hmm. to basically go to jail. Well, and is this ensignage. a Harvey win more than a Mike win,
1: or just because of the opponent, it ends up being a Harvey win?
2: If my I don't know, because the goal was for Mike to give Harvey a gift, and Harvey is impossible to give gifts to as uh but the gift uh, kind of turned out. out to be a trap. Yeah, but he won. Mm-hmm. He did win. Yeah. So it's like uh I think I think yeah, Mike, Mike overall gets most most of the things that he wants in this episode, so maybe him. I think he can have it. Um Harvey got the things that he wanted, but it was because Mike facilitated it from the beginning to the end. Yeah, um, Donna said that there's uh there's no gift for Harvey you know he he wants what he wants he wants what he has and he, he doesn't want what he doesn't have or yeah. the, what he doesn't get you oh, know and although so- if I may
1: that then Mike at the end of the episode saying like oh wait I'm not gonna get to do interviews and stuff oh like, yeah that's yeah. tough yeah thats I, tough. I, I think that you were it. right initially I think it should be Harvey I think Harvey you think so? gets, Harvey gets to gets the joy of beating Stemple. however, does the Dana of it all where he's like, you know, I can't tell you Mike's secret. And you know, this is actually, she's like, am I dealing with my boyfriend or am I dealing with the name partner? He's like, you're talking to the name partner.
2: Yeah. He had to pull rank. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not a great look, but honestly it was bound to happen. And this is what happens when you date your boss, you Mm know, Um, this is what happens. So I don't, you know, like, like Mike, Uh, Scotty should have been, um, you know, aware that this was a possibility very early on. You know, Mike is like, what? I can't have any spotlight. Yeah. Mike, duh. And Scotty's like, what? You're going to pull rank on me. Yeah. His name is on the door. Of course, he's going to pull rank on you eventually. You know, it just happened probably sooner than later.
1: So who do we give it to? Is it Harvey?
2: Yeah, it's gotta be Harvey. Okay, Harvey. It was either Harvey or Mike. And I think Harvey gets it. Rachel really didn't do anything in this episode. Um, Jessica was there for some sage wisdom, as she does often, but I think this was a really good episode for Harvey. Yeah. Okay, let's take some feedback. Suitspodcast.com slash
1: feedback. Uh, Of course, uh, you can go all the way into season four and leave us your thoughts now. Okay, David Schwartz, uh, one of our most reliable feedbackers in the associate pool. He says, how has Mike been listed on any cases thus far? Wouldn't the spotlight always be a risk, especially with them pissing off every single one of their opponents? This is fair. This is what we were talking about to open
2: up the show. Yeah. I think you uh, pointed out, um, you and I, a long time ago, we talked about uh, Seinfeld and I was like, yeah, how come all this stuff hasn't come back to bite these people and they're not all in jail? Yeah. I was like, I was like at the end, by the end of the show, they all need to end up in prison. And this is one of those moments where I'm kind of looking at Mike and being like, yeah, if there is a class action lawsuit where like all these people start popping up and being like Mike Ross, Mike Ross, who is Mike Ross? What is that? No, I'm suing you. Mike Ross is a fake person. Tag me in. Mm-hmm. You know, like we know Ava Hessington's is going to be at the front of that line. Um, you know, probably uh Tony G. Um, who else? Tony Giannopoulos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Hardman could come back. Travis Tanner, you know, like all the, the Legion of Doom uh, in this show would just show The Suicide pop Squad. Up. Yeah. Really? I mean, like A. Elliott Stemple. The, the list goes on of the people who are burned by Mike Ross, who one day might find out that he is not a lawyer at all, and they might just show up to whoop his ass.
1: hmm Yeah. All right. Then let's take a question from Anessa, the independent analyst, uh, writes to mm-hmm. us to say. The law prohibits you from using settlement communications or the fact that you entered into a settlement agreement or even tried to negotiate such an agreement against you. So Stemple's one-trick pony show of presenting a settlement, then using that against his opponents is
2: totally inadmissible in any court. Good. Well, they shut that one down anyway. That was his one-trick pony, kind of. He was actually kind of backdoor with another one. He was hoping for the one-trick pony to to, to flop um, cause he had that, um, that secret deposition, um, audio trick under his belt. So, yeah, but we need to know that because, uh, a lot of these things we just take for gospel here on Suitspot. We're okay. like, oh, that's an Invincible. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we go with it. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. why Inessa is great. Uh, helps keep the show honest. All right. Kate says, why was Rachel wearing super tall high heels while unpacking her and Mike's new apartment? I know Rachel's very fashionable, but it seems very uncomfortable
2: yeah I mean but some people got it they mm-hmm. you know they they got the skills look i I commend her that sh- looks very painful um and i I commend anybody who will walk in some hills so congratulations to all of you people who do it. um uh, but definitely didn't seem like a, like it seemed like a choice you know uh maybe she had um uh, the movers did the majority of the work and she was just kind of like you know moving a few items here and there you know maybe when she just got off of work. I don't know, but mm-hmm. that is a choice. I'm glad you caught that, okay. Then
1: Lindsay talks about Lewis over the last couple episodes. I'm with Rob that Lewis may be one of the best characters in a scripted television Mm -hmm. show. And this has definitely been some uh, huge character growth that we've seen from him. Would season one Lewis have let this go or has his desire to have a friendship with Harvey always meant more for him? Okay, uh, over these uh, last couple episodes and everything with with Mike, would the old Lewis have ever let this go?
2: I don't think Lewis has changed that much. I think that his relationship with Harvey has changed a little bit um, to the fact that Harvey has said the words, we are friends. And I think that once you say that to Lewis, it means something. Uh, I think that when we see in this episode, we even see uh, Jessica says, Lewis, have you tried making friends with Scotty? Have you tried making friends with people instead of enemies? And Lewis goes to Scotty and says, I got you a gift. I am your friend. We Can we be friends? She said, yes. And then he says, oh, immediately. So give me the folders. She's like, wait, what? Like, give me the folders. We're friends, right? Yes. As your friend, I want this. Wouldn't you give this to your friend? Because that's literally what Harvey did to him in the last episode. So I don't think this is any different than the Lewis of, of yesteryear. I think this is the same guy. It's just that he is he feels like his connection to Harvey is a lot deeper, and so he's willing to let some stuff go. I think that once he feels like they might be even or that uh, the friendship is not being reciprocated, um, then maybe he you know turns back into the Lewis that we used to know.
1: I think he is a little different here and he has had a lot of growth since season one. I'm trying to remember back to that first season and I think it was only a couple of weeks ago for us. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like that, you know, he's just like such a scoundrel at uh, Pearson Hardman back in those days. And it's really not until like we see like Jessica go to dinner with him that we end up seeing him like warm up a little bit as a character. Like I think that, you know, when he's making Mike Ross pee in a cup, like I I don't think that that Lou would have potentially let this go if he would have like uh, found that out at that point in time but so much has happened between these characters i think it's a little bit easier for him to potentially let something slide now
2: yeah i i don't know because i think i'm i'm still remembering how hell bent he was on exposing that grade change from mike ross mike ross comes to him and says yeah i changed my grade lewis but damn, can you let it go? And Lewis is like, no, absolutely not. You need to atone for your sins. It's like, I feel like that's the same guy who's like peeing the cup. You know, like uh, I, I I think that there's a little overlap there. Like They spent the entire episode trying to convince Lewis not to ruin Mike's uh, life. Like mm-hmm. the entire episode from beginning to end. It literally was a game time decision. Um, Harvey had to call in all his favors, had to try to blackmail his old all teacher. All the chits. Yeah, all the chits and chats were happening. And Lewis still was, like, not backing down. So I think this is the same guy. I just think that uh, they made some... They, they like... I think they pulled a rabbit out of them ha- their hats. You know, like, Lewis's big thing is that he wants to be friends with Harvey. They finally gave him the thing he wants, and it does soften him up a little bit. But I do think that that's easily backtracked once he realizes, if he ever realizes, or if it ever seems like Harvey doesn't have his back. I will say in this episode, Harvey much very much did come to Lewis as a friend. You know, he, he really did tell him, like... Louis, I don't want to get... You asked me not to get in it. I didn't get in it. You're telling me that you need a favor as a friend. I'm telling you it makes me very uncomfortable to do this favor, but I owe you one, so if you want to do this. So I think that, you know, that relationship is really what's propelling their their partnership right now. If it was to deteriorate a little bit, then I think you get the old Louis. Okay.
1: Chappelle, uh, let's just go over some of the references in this episode. Uh, Michael Jordan uh, comes up that... Uh, but Harvey has the jersey from his sixty-three point game. 60, yes, yes,
2: it, the sixty-three point game, and then um, you got um, what was it? Uh, Mike Ross was saying that this uh, a Elliott Stemple was going to be better than the Michael Jordan jersey, which incredible. First of all, hmm. why does Harvey have that? Um, but then also, um, you know, no, he's wrong. Mike Ross, this is wrong. This is not the same. This yeah. is not the same as that jersey. Okay. Then
1: uh Lewis uh, says that uh, one of the things he's read was better than 50 Shades of Gray.
2: Uh, have you read 50 Shades of Gray?
1: No, I watched the movie I think most of it um, the, when it first came out, but just just the first one I, I don't think I finished it.
2: Oh yeah no it's um, it's not it's not good it's not a good book
1: yeah <laughs> okay um, and then uh, they talk about the Godfather Lewis has been watching it so he can give quotes to Harvey.
2: Yeah, he's thinking about going to the mattresses already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who was that? Who said that? Do you remember? I don't. Do you remember I don't, the remember, I don't remember. You know, I, I think
1: I kn- I know the Godfather, but I do not like uh, have a ton of quotes from the Godfather.
2: Do we need to add this to our list? Put it on the list. I mean, it's probably put on the one. list. Yeah, and then list. also
1: Thunderdome comes up.
2: I know nothing uh, about Man Thunderdome. Max. That could be anywhere. yeah. No, I don't care about that. Nope, I know Max. nothing. Yeah.
1: Mm-mm. All right. Chappelle, anything else from this week's episode of Suits? This day's uh, episode nothing, of Suits.
2: <laughs> today, <laughs> today's episode of Suits. Yeah, uh, no, nothing sticks out. I mean, we talked about a lot of things, but I think that we really covered it. Uh, Mike and Rachel are getting closer. They got new furniture. It seems like they're really starting to get into the the, the lovey dovey, settling into the the you know the stage of like, no, this is a serious relationship. Um, and so I, I appreciate that more than their dating woes. You know, they were. They were on the brink of a breakup the entire time that we've known them, even though they've never really been officially together. But it does feel like they're settling in a little bit more. So I'm appreciating that. We got some feedback on uh, Twitter. at yeah. uh, At SuitsPod. Yeah. Um, from Jinjam uh, 515 they say, I am loving the rewatch. First time for me. But there are two things about season three continuous story arcs that are nagging at me. What does... Um, Toronto, New York, DA Gary Cole have oh, <laughs> why does uh Toronto, New York, DA Gary Cole have a Chicago accent? Um, did you catch that, Rob? I did not. Yeah, I didn't either. I don't really know. I'm from the deep south. So um, everything, mm-hmm. technically the southwest. But regardless, everything sounds the same once it's yeah. outside of Texas. But I think you couldn't become the,
1: you know, Manhattan uh, district attorney if you are not necessarily from New York.
2: Oh, so we assume like it maybe it's a transplant. Yeah. Okay, okay. Probably I fair, mean, I think it's an fair. elected office, right? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. it is. Because he was running for an election. That's how this whole thing came up. They mm-hmm. wanted him to, t- to step down. Um, Because they, you know, and they had a little leverage on them. The other uh, point that Jinjam Five One Five makes is that Harvey swiped the can opener from a nearby server at the diner. um, And uh, what kind of place? As table side can service as a former server, it's hard to imagine that they would carry a church key can opener on their apron. Any associates who who have waited tables, please wait in weigh in on this. Uh, because I've never waited a table, but I've also never seen someone show up to my table with a can opener.
1: Yeah, I don't know necessarily what you are ordering in a can. Like uh maybe I'm thinking like maybe it's like some kind of like I don't know. It's like a diner. So maybe there's like some sort of like uh, like pie filling that might go on the pancakes. I'm trying to think of what would be in a can that you would Uh, like have opened like uh, and then just like put out that doesn't need to be prepared.
2: Right. It was like the can opener was on their like utility belt. It's like, ah, yes, exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. I would be so frustrated if my waiter came to the table and was like, "Okay, do you need anything else? I'm like, can I get a straw? And I'm like, oh, yeah, let me go get some. But I see you have a can opener. Mm -hmm. Why are you carrying that away and not around and not the straws? Um, Yeah, that was a good catch too Because Donna swiped it so quickly That I didn't even catch on That this random passerby had a can opener on them
1: Yeah, okay, that's a good catch Uh, Why does a waitress need a can opener? Uh, Are you looking it up? Yeah. I think this Uh, is uh, the type of investigative
2: journalism That people come to us for
1: Hmm, yeah When I was typing it in, Autofill was uh, Finishing uh, on Suits (laughs) So Mm. I don't know, maybe this has been A common question All right Chappelle,
2: where can people keep up with you? Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. And uh, talk to me about suits. Talk to at SuitsPod about uh, suits as well. We love the conversations. We've seen a couple people um, tagging uh, Rick Hoffman in Mm -hmm. this stuff. And so that's fun. Hopefully he responds and talks to us because it looks like uh, we might be coming up on the end of a writer's strike. I'm sure
1: Rick Hoffman is inundated with people reaching out to him constantly.
2: Okay, but like also come talk to us. And so if y'all listen, if y'all want to inundate him, please, by all means, inundate him, tag at subscribe. I, mean, I don't know if
1: he'd ever want to talk to a little old Daily Suits
2: podcast like us. No, no, no. Listen, he might not want to. Like he's up like to, he's up here and we're, we're down here. here. But we like to live up there, y'all. So go ahead and tweet him and let him know. we are talk, we're down to talk to him. And if you can find everybody else, Gabriel Mock. Uh, Donna, Rachel, you're not going to get Rachel but look, if you could get Rachel that would be dope. I'm just saying reach out and then add us at SuitsPod on Twitter.
1: Yeah, alright thank you so much for joining us I'm uh, at Rob Sesternino on Twitter. Take care everybody, have a good one Bye